Hello folks and welcome to another jam-packed edition of the Great Scottish Cinema Club podcast. My name's Chris, I'm here with my brother Fernand Marquise. What is happening, Keezy? How are you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate, you? All right, aye, all right. I'm starting to climb the walls, to be honest with you. <laughs> I want to get outside. I'm, I'm uh, rattling. I'm rattling, mate. I'm, I've not I've been still, I've still not been road. outside. Aye, uh, I'm the same. I've been out in my back garden. That's it. It's torture. Well, this, is, this, <laughs> this week's episodes are special episodes. We've got a. We're going to be talking about the year of 1987. Right, 1987 yeah. is a year uh, when you and I first went to the cinema as well, Keezy. But we've got a special right. guest on uh, tonight. A guy who was born in 1987. Uh, you might know him as Bobby for Scott Squad. Or have seen him as a stand-up shows uh, all around Glasgow in the UK. Um, this guy is Mr. Darren Connell. Good stuff, and he, he spoke to us about his favourite film. So we'll start the, the episode with that. Right. So uh, let's let's get to listening to Darren talking about 1987. This week's guest, um, it's Mr. Darren Connell. All right, Trips. Thank you for having me on. How you doing, mate? Stand up comedy uh, aficionado here, Darren. Darren, mate, I'm sorry, I made an arse at the earth. We've just done the first 20 minutes of the podcast and I forgot to press the record button, didn't I? Nice man, Joel. Anyway, so. (laughs) I had some good shit in the first 20 minutes there. I know, man. Bragging about my tash and all that. Still downhill for you. So, Darren, tell me about that moustache. What's, what's made you grow that? To be honest, uh, I'm losing my fucking mind with boredom, <laughs> mate. Just pure boredom. I went out for a walk and people in vans and all that started pointing at me. So, I'm just embracing it. I'm going to grow it there. It suits you. Plus, also, you've got a wee bit of a young Tom Selleck look about you, man. Oh, mate, I love you. Thank you so much. Never really <laughs> I'm going to grow it. There you go. The only, the only thing that I could have said better about than uh, than Tom Selleck would have been, Darren, you've got a bit of a young Sam Elliott about you, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's, can you pump some day or Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, You're only is, saying that because you fucked the first time. I know, mate. I'm so sorry, honestly. <laughs> Schoolboy. Hey, uh, anyway, we'll move on. We'll, we'll fire into the first movie. In fact, let's talk about the, the year that we're, we're going to uh, be covering. We're going to be covering 1987. So that's the year of your birth, Darren. It's also the first year that Keezy and I went to the cinema. Am I right, Keezy? Right. That's, that's it, aye. Same Both film. See the same film. Aye. Yep. Uh, Big Dolph. I have <laughs> the power Lundgren and Masters of the Universe. So, um, what what about, uh, do you remember anything about Masters of the Universe, Tom? The movie? Yes, I remember it being awful. Um, <laughs> very cheesy, <laughs> low budget. Uh, Dolph, lo- uh, Dolph looking like an absolute brick shithouse in it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was kind of that cheesy, it was enjoyable, like one of the films. Mate, like, I've, got, uh, I've got nothing but love for it, purely because it's yeah. the first film I've seen in the, the cinema. Also because I was a major He-Man fan when I was a wee guy, had all the toys and all that, and this was the big thing for me, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Aye. Anyways, so what age were you when you were in the cinema and you seen it? Five, mate. Five years wow. old. 
as I, as I said, man, it was like uh, we, we watched the whole. I watched the whole cartoon series religiously when I was a kid. My mum burst her arse, bought me all the toys, and for honestly, man, it was this movie coming out was like it was like Avengers Endgame. See the way everybody was pure buzzing for <laughs> Avengers Endgame. I was hanging off my mom's leg like, oh, "When's it coming out? When's it coming out? When's it coming out?" And then um, she she's like, "Oh, it's not enough. It's another couple of weeks. It's another couple of weeks." And then uh, she took me to the cinema, and I didn't know that I was going to see it. And that honestly, man, she I seen the the poster on the wall when we went into uh, this. It was the Odeon on Renfield Street. Uh-huh. And anyway, I went in there and seen the poster on the wall and my mum had bought the tickets and when I went in, man, I was just buzzing, man. I was hanging off the ceiling. <laughs> Honestly, I sat and never opened my mouth. Glued, <laughs> glued to it, man. Honestly, I never opened my mouth. It was what, it's funny, my, genuinely one of my favourite movie memories of all time, but it's a shit film. Hi. <laughs> I went with my dad to see it and um, I remember getting into the pictures and it was... Uh, two two cinema halls and a big massive queue at one of them and then me and my dad got into the other one it was the, the other one was uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs so everybody oh, was going into that and just me and my dad sitting there watching <laughs> E-Man oh, you <laughs> Thank you for asleep. Uh, your dad fell asleep <laughs> oh, super Al you've been down in my estimation I think that's why he took me just to get a couple of hours kipping <laughs> my uncle used to do that with us. We'd go to the cinema and he'd sit somewhere else in the hall and just go to sleep. <laughs> what a year this was, honestly. Wall to wall right. classics, man. Um, we've got some absolute toppers in this list, man. It's a fair old list this week, man. Aye. Uh, we'll start off as we usually do with the highest grossing movie of the year. And this year, 1987, it was Fatal Attraction. So the movie they gave is the term Bunny Boiler. What do you remember about that, boys? Uh, you go first, Casey. I, well, what I was saying was, um, it was it's an odd one for it to be the biggest grossing film of a year. It would never happen now. No chance. It's always going to be like a franchise movie or something like that. But it's a great film and she's, she's brilliant in it. She should have so got the Oscar for it. So is Michael Douglas. He's excellent in it as well. Oh, aye, aye, aye. Um, I watched it. Re- I watched it recently, and I thought it stood up. It's still a great film. Yeah. Question: Why does he tell his wife that he's had an affair while their son is at the dinner table? <laughs> it's the eighties. It's the eighties, boys. It's <laughs> probably. <laughs> And then she, she phones during dinner. What are the chances, eh? What a, what a oh. smorgasbord of shite that this guy's had to eat. The wife gives him in about two minutes as well. Ah, well, he's Michael Douglas. You're not going to kick him out of bed for <laughs> farting, are you? He was a bit That's old back then, and all, wasn't he? That was about he, 30 years ago. I think Michael Douglas has been old since he was born, Dom. Aye. Aye. Has he got any love to his 114 and all, just like his dad? <laughs> Must be the Douglas jeans. <laughs> I am Spartacus. Hey, hey, so, Fatal Attraction, man. Like, some of the, this movie had some ridiculous sex scenes in it, man. Um, and the one, the one in the left was absolutely outrageous. 
it's as close to <laughs> proper pumping on the screen as you're going to see. <laughs> the chemistry between the two was fucking ridiculous. It's <laughs> actually, I. I know. They must have uh, had a crush on each other anyway. Aye, maybe. I don't know. It's a bit blessing, like I said, who's not got a crush on Michael Douglas? What a handsome man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll move on to Fatal uh, Attraction and we're going to talk about three men and a baby. An absolute uh, cracker. And that's, that's your, your, your lookalikes in this one, Dan. The Bulgin. Big Tom Selleck. Big Tom. Big Tom. Anyway, um, I love this film. This is one of uh, Sammy's favourite movies as well. So, um, remember, remember there was meant to be a ghost in it? <laughs> hey, do you know what it is, though? It's a couple of dead bands. How did that ever grow arms and legs as a story? It's in the end of the film, the actual cardboard cutout is, is shown at the end of the film. In the exact I... position where the ghost is supposed to be. Aye, but maybe they put that there. Put that there, he throws off the scent. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still a great film. Um, Tom Selleck, uh, Ted Danson, who is one of my favourites, man. If you've seen any of the recent seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm, He's an absolute, he's so good. And Cheers as well. Cheers is one of my favourites of all time. So uh, seeing him in a, in a uh, big screen movie was brilliant. Um, and Steve Gutenberg, obviously. Everybody's favourite police academy guy. So Definitely weak link out of those three right enough. But Aye. We'll let my, we'll let my wee bit of that. Don't know, the Stonecutters had a, a major hand in him being in that movie anyway. The Stonecutters? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder what he's up to during lockdown because he's fucking disappeared for the last 30 years or something no like. man he's in the Goldbergs he's been in the Goldbergs aye. the past few the past few years school, aye as well aye so he's, he's back this is his mini renaissance he's got a he plays a science teacher is he? aye he's good on it man he really I is I felt sorry for him do you know what I mean? Because he is a good actor. Ah, he was a bit of a scapegoat, wasn't he? When the when the when he left the police academy movies, I think he get kind of sin died after that. He tried to be more serious with cocoon and stuff like that, and um, mm-hmm. he just get he just get sin died, and you never really seen much of him again, which was a shame. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on for three men and a baby. Uh, the next movie is a Robin Williams classic, Good Morning Vietnam. You seen this one, lads? Oh, I. Aye. Not for a long time, but, but it's a memorable film, though, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, um, DCT, actually, who we had on the show uh, a while back, he was doing a tour of uh, Asia, and he went to Vietnam. And I said, mate, see if you don't get up the first morning, go out onto your balcony and shout, good morning, Vietnam, and film it. You're missing <laughs> a, a phenomenal opportunity. And Aye, he, fu- he fucking never done it. Oh, fuck. oh, Christ. I'd be doing it every morning. Robin Williams is just a genius, a massive part of my childhood. Um, he's one of the actors that's just a different level. Like, see, when you were a kid, you think, you feel like you know him, or you feel like <laughs> he's a part of your family or something, mm. like that kind of feeling. So when see when he passed away, it was like absolute devastation. This the same kind of wavelength as like Elvis dying or something. That's what happens when he died. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but that film was amazing. I remember watching that as a kid and just thinking, who is this madman? Um, <laughs> so funny, but disturbing as well. Some disturbing scenes in it. Aye, that's um, the thing. I remember watching it as a kid as well and loving it. And then when I watched it when mm-hmm. I was an adult, I was like, oh, holy fuck, man. Somebody stuck with their apes and all, all the... Uh, it was just so grim, man. So I thought it was quite grim, but it's a great film. It really is a great film. Aye. Yeah. We'll move on for Good Morning Vietnam. The next one is the the real reason for your moustache, Darren. Um, I know I know how much you're a Danny Glover fan, yeah, and this is probably Danny Glover's most famous movie of all time. Yeah. An absolute screamer, yeah, film. And this Aye. is this is Lethal Weapon. What a film! Talk well, me through it, Darren. Talk me through Lethal Weapon. That's another one when I was younger. I'm quite grateful to my dad who would just let me watch anything, really. Uh, <laughs> you know, Neil Gibson, man. That's another guy that you watch. And when I was a kid, I was just like, who is this madman? Like, <laughs> see the scene when he jumps off the, the building into the, big, into the big ramp kind of thing. Um, it's a great film. It's intense as well. Who's it? It's Liam Gallagher's ex-wife. Um, yeah, Patsy Kane's it, that was Lethal Weapon 2, was it not? No, she's, oh, aye, it? she's Lethal Weapon 2, aye. Lethal Weapon 2, but aye. I mean, they're all amazing, I love them all, even the fucking shite one at the end. Uh, um, by the way, I'm the same as you, she's she with some movie series, they all kind of melt into one for me, and mm-hmm. I, I was always sure that Patsy Kane's it was in Lethal Weapon 1 as well, but <laughs> it was Keezy that told me otherwise, actually. <laughs> wow, so did I. I, I. I mean, I love Mel Gibson. I'm a big fan. I love all his work. And uh, Lethal Weapon's just a guilty pleasure, really. It's just... Yeah, there's no guilt about it, mate. Lethal Weapon's a fucking brilliant film. It's uh, one of the best action films ever. All time. I know. I agree with uh, It's got a, a great body, Gary Busey. Aye, Gary Busey. Amazing in it, by the way. Gary Busey was an amazing actor before he get injured. And even when he was injured, they still done some great films, but he was he was amazing in Lethal Weapon. See that yeah. scene at the end when they're wrestling? Fucking brother. Oh, aye. It's the first time I've ever yeah. seen UFC. <laughs> or <laughs> MMA. <laughs> or the, the writer, Eddie Zerman, all that. He's like, oh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, you want to believe that he done that for real, don't you? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I aye, aye. He was a he's a crackpot, old Gary. You see, you say that he, he get injured. Was that? Is he had? Uh, was that? Is he had a brain injury or something? Like that? I don't. Aye. Aye. He was in a motorbike accident, and it was really bad. He probably should have died. Really? Like half his skull got caved in. All oh, sorts of surgeries. Like, see if you look at him for when he was in Lethal Weapon. To no, it doesn't look like the same person. And that's how he's quite erratic and really and, uh, awesome and all that. It's because that's been it's I just thought he was a he was an eccentric guy. I didn't realise it was him. It was an injury. It's all connected to his brain injury. He's got a son as well, isn't he? His son's like Jake, Jake Busey. Yeah. He's, he was in uh, Starship Troopers. Do you know that Gary Busey? That's that's actually opened my eyes because when he was in Entourage. Um, I was like, ah, Gary Busey's lost his mind, what's going on? Uh-huh. And then that, that explains it now, man, that, but he's back in the I just thought it was years of partying or something. Aye, like, he'd, he'd lost his mind to drugs or something like that, man. Uh-huh. 
Aye, but he's uh, that that explains it. Nah. He's a, he's um, a great actor. Oh aye. And he was brilliant in this. Um but in this in Lethal Weapon One, Murta, is that Roger Murta in it, Danny Lover? He's fifty in Lethal Weapon, which means yeah. in the next one he's going to be eighty three. <laughs> so <laughs> what the hell are they going to do with that? Aye, but what age is Danny Glover? Is Danny Glover eighty three? I I don't know, but I mean the character is so Unless, unless, I don't know. The thing is, Danny Glover does look like 83, so uh, they'll be alright. I don't know, he was in Jumanji. He'll be in his late 70s. Aye, he'll be alright. Well, you seen him in, in, did you see the new Jumanji movie? Aye, aye. He did look old in that. Aye, he did look old. I thought, and when I was watching, I was thinking to myself, if they're doing another lethal weapon, man, he's got to be retired, (laughs) hasn't he? He's got to be retired. Right. Oh, he's getting too old for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> he says it four times in the first one. <laughs> oh, <Brilliant>, man. <laughs> oh, man. Is this the one where they, there's a bomb on the toilet or is that number two? Oh, that's the second one. Imagine it turned out Lethal Weapon was shite and it was just Lethal Weapon 2 that me and you like. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> We've no seen the first one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant one. Right, the next movie on the list is possibly even, in fact, that is even better than Lethal Weapon. It's Predator. I love Predator. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's magic. Um, what's your thoughts on it, Darren? Me and Keys, you've already spoke about it on a couple of podcasts, so we'll get your thoughts on Predator. One of the all-time classic films of ever made. Um, when I was a kid and I watched it, it really scared me. So I don't think I could have enjoyed it as much as what I should have. But Arnie, he was just like a human action figure. And it was so good. It was just the perfect film. Uh, but I, I remember watching it as a kid and just being terrified. And even the music was scary. And see the bit in the plane when Jason, uh, what's his name, Jesse Ventura, like all that kind of stuff. It's just so exciting. Perfect, perfect song. Here, chew on some of this, we'll make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaur. (laughs) (laughs) So many horrible lines in that film. Is it it Poncho that comes back with... I don't know, uh, make you a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. Because I don't want to hear about your sore ass. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to hear about your sexual sore ass. That's what I, <laughs> I, I, I remember being gutted as well to see the big Native American guy. Yeah, Billy. I loved him. He was my favorite when I was a kid. He was my favorite, uh, my character, favorite character. See, when he was standing on the bridge and he cut his chest. Aye. And then when he died, I was gutted, man. I was like, I oh, I know him. I know. <laughs> you wanted Billy to make it to the end because he was like kind of the, the soothsayer. He could he could smell the predator coming and all that, remember? And, uh, and I watched and you thought that he was going to beat him as well? I thought he would have bet the predator. <laughs> like, and he just gets probably, probably in real life he would have got one over on the Predator but no, no, no he'd have got a couple of jabs in <laughs> right, what I forgot about it, Chris was um, years ago I went to a, a gig with my mate for work right? he had a spare ticket and uh, it was all his mates I was going with 
Aye. And we started talking about predator with the guys, and the guy said that Van Dam is a predator. Aye. I'm like, absolute nonsense, mate. No chance. Aye, he, bet me a hundred, he, he bet me a hundred quid. I was like, ah, easy. I'll take your money and they borrow. And then, obviously, I found <laughs> that Van Dam was a predator, but he did get fired. He, never, he wasn't actually on screen. I know. Um, oh. Thankfully, I've, I've never seen that guy again. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he phoned me about a week later, but said, right, have you found out about Van Damme yet? I want my 100 quid. I was like, catch you later, mate. I'll never see you again. <laughs> you're, yeah, like your, you're like your mate, Pud, dodging fucking bets. <laughs> uh, aye, but aye, that was, I, have you seen the, the documentary about Predator? And it talks about Van Damme and how... Uh, Van Damme wanted to do karate moves as a predator and all that and I'm just like turn it up you and then the original the original uh, predator costume you want to have seen this fucking hangman oh my god it was atrocious absolutely atrocious right, uh, we'll move on for that the next one is one of your favourites I think Darren um, it's The Untouchables now Let's, let's, let's hear your thoughts on that. And also, it was a childhood favourite of mine for some reason. I know it was pretty an intense film, but grateful for my family for allowing me to watch it. And just um, every character in it was unbelievable. It's one of those films that you watch and you're like, this is a perfect film. Every part of it is just amazing. I don't feel like there's any bad acting or any loopholes. It's one of those films that, even when it's still on the TV, um, I watch it regardless of what time it's on. And see, uh, there's a scene in it, I know. Uh, no, it's a spoiler alert, but fuck it, it's 30 year old. Um, <laughs> see when Agent Oscar gets shot in the lift, the wee guy with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I just remember, like, that shaped my kind of, I mean, I was devastated, right? But that just shaped the love for film and movies for me. I was just like, I remember sobbing. I was like, fuck, man, I can't believe he died. And then see feeling the absolute relief when, see the guy in the white suit, was it Frank, the bad guy, Frank Nitty or something his name was? Aye, aye. Um, see when he get chucked off the building another, I also felt like euphoria like fucking amazing man payback <laughs> but I Sean Connery even when Sean Connery seen in it when he's in his house and he gets shot was just, what, what an actor he is by the way an amazing amazing film um, oh it's a great film uh, obviously I Kevin I love Kevin Costner as well but uh, this is one of his best films Um I loved that Sean Connery won the Oscar and he was supposed to be Irish, but he was just, you know, even changed his accent. <laughs> but he's amazing in it. It was a great film, right. man. Um, but see, the other scene I was going to talk about was the, the, the see the shootout on the, the town hall steps. Mm-hmm. The, it's all in slow motion and the prams going down the steps and all that. That's some, yeah. that's some scene. Uh, I think it's, naked one of the naked gun films ripped the piss out of it, but it's, it's still good. I bet that's a that's a famous cinema scene, that man. That's like oh, aye, aye. proper proper like Hollywood man. That scene definitely <laughs> classic. One of the most iconic film scenes of all time. I think it's been voted as well. 
Definitely. I don't be. doubt it. I right behind Rocky beating Ivan Drago. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this one is one of my favourites. Now I could talk about this film for a hundred fucking years. Right, so just be careful. I hope you still love it as much as I do. Robocop, right? <laughs> Robocop still to this day stands up as a social commentary. A bit right now as well, man. Like just it's. It's not, it, obviously there's what the special effects and stuff of these, but the actual storyline and stuff like that is, it's stood the test of time. It's like you put it on and it doesn't feel old. The storyline doesn't feel old because it's just, what what a film, man. Honestly, Robocop, what a film. I, I take it the two of you have seen it and love it as oh, much I as I do. Love it. Yeah. I was oh, yeah. going to watch it again, but I thought, I'm not going to get a word in with Chris anyway, so I may as well not watch it and just <laughs> enjoy listening to him talk about oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah. I've, I've got a mate that I used to work with called Ben, right? And uh, me and Ben just send each other Robocop quotes all the time. See any sort of, any sort of Robocop meme or anything like that that we can, we can find, we send it to each other. Uh, some of the stuff obviously we'll send each other I couldn't repeat on here but um, just <laughs> Robocop's just such a classic man honestly um, they, what about yourself Dan? I loved it I always one of my one one of those films that I've seen many times when I was a kid um, I think it's just see when you're a child as well and your brain's not fully fucking developed and you just watch a film like that as well. It's just like it's like watching a pair of dangly, shiny keys getting put in front of you because you're just <laughs> memorised by it. Um, I loved it. I loved the remake as well. I thought it was fantastic. So did I. Um, I an absolute classic yeah, film. And... Um, even the baddies, that was another one. I know. See, the bad guys in that, you just hate them. Do you know what I mean? Just a, a great film. I think it's the best gang of villains in any film. Yeah. Like, wait, maybe with the exception of Warriors, right? There's, like, every single... Like, they, you didn't get a lot of screen time with them, but it was as though you just knew who these people were and what they were like and how just they were just... So good, man. Such a great core of villains. But uh, Kitwood Smith that played Clarence Bodicker is just tremendous uh, in this film, man. And he's one of he's actually a, he's a great actor. Anything I've ever seen him in, he's been fantastic. But this was his crowning achievement, uh, Clarence uh, Bodicker. Um, and in cinema, obviously, in TV, he's Red Foreman, one of my favourite characters in TV history as well. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, what a guy. Can you yeah. fly, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> and another scene, I know, like, see when he's getting done in, you're just like, horrible, horrible scene, but it sets oh, up for a great film, you know? It does. It, that, that scene, that was voted one of the most violent scenes in cinema history as well. Like, the, wow. boys, the boys' hand off, get him out of here. <laughs> amazing, man. Just like, the wee quips and all that, just went wilder. Murdering this guy in the most brutal manner, and they're, they're laughing their ass off, and and it's just obviously you're wanting Lewis to get there and try and save him, and and obviously you know if she does save him, then that's the movie finished because Robocop never <laughs> happens. But it, mm-hmm. 
I just I thought the whole film from start to finish an absolute. I, I'm going to say I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's a, a masterpiece of cinema. I don't think there's many sci-fi movies, with the exception of maybe Blade Runner and Star Wars, that that touch it. And yeah. it's it's one of very few sci-fi movies that I absolutely adore. I love it, man. Yeah. If you're out there and you're listening to us and you've not seen Robocop, then hell, man, you God, God forgive you. God forgive you. <laughs> if you say you love film and you've not seen Robocop, you need to get a grip. <laughs> That's true. Very good point. <laughs> the next film on the list is a, an absolute belter. It's Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Um, Steve Martin and John Candy and probably both of their best movies, I would say. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Um, that was the this... movie in my childhood that set up a love of comedy for me. Like, Aye. Uh, John Candy was just like you go through every single emotion watching that film you do. happiness, sadness anger, relief and it's not until you get older and you understand film a wee bit more and then you realise how good an actor Steve Martin is because when I was a kid and I watched that I never realised he was a comedian I just thought he was a boring like, you kind of think films are real so I'm like oh he's a Fanny, do you know what I mean? John, <laughs> Candy's John Candy's the main man. But uh, it's not until you realise when you're older like how good he was at being a, a straight man at that. Even that though, he was he was hilarious in that. What a, an amazing... See the bit when he was getting a car and he's like, I want a fucking car with a fucking... That. <laughs> Steering wheel, four fucking wheels. <laughs> that, that's another classic cinema scene. Him at the at the uh, car rental shop. That is mm-hmm. absolutely top drawer, man. But the best scene in this movie is the scene when John Candy just pulls it all out at the end, man. And see if you've seen this film and you've no shed a tear at that mm-hmm. scene, then you're a oh. heart, you're a heartless bastard because <laughs> I, it, it mega tugs on the, the heartstrings. This one, um, Aye, definitely. John Candy was unreal, man, an outstanding, yeah, outstanding comedian, and it, just every, everything he was in as well, he was fantastic. And, oh, definitely. Yeah. He's up there with like you know how I was saying, like when Elvis died and Robin Williams, he's he's that yeah. other level. When uh, he passed, people are devastated. You'll never get anybody like him again. He's one yeah. of our kind. The other thing about the, this film, it's become as important to tradition that uh, Thanksgiving in America is turkey and American football. I know. Uh, everybody watches this on Thanksgiving because that's when it's set, isn't it? Aye, that's just John, John Candy's... Uh, John uh, Candy had quite a few of the, the sort of films, didn't he? It's just a big, a big lovable wolf. Yeah, guy. just amazing. He's a type of actor that He's, I love him so much that if he was in a shampoo advert, I would love it. You know I mean? <laughs> the next one's a, a film that I absolutely love. It's my favourite movie and one of my favourite series of movies. It's A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Now, that's, I, you know my thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street. He's just, this was the first uh, horror movie that I seen when I was a kid, Nightmare on Elm Street 1. And... Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, the same night. i never seen uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. 
I was five years old when I seen this, or six, maybe six. And uh, I had I snuck into the I snuck in behind the couch in my auntie's house. It was the same day that I made my communion, and all the adults were away out for a drink after the party, and uh, my cousins were babysitting me. So I snuck in behind the couch, um, and started watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Watched that. Watched Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. Fell asleep and uh, had nightmares for about six months after it. Um, <laughs> but, so I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to start introducing Kean. That you know, Kean Darn, that's my wee boy. He's he's 11 years old just now, right? But I think he was about nine at the time, and he said, "Dad." Want to watch a scary film? I said, right, okay. So I thought, what sort of scary movie can I put on for him? So I put on it, the, the remake, the first chapter one, right? And we sat and we watched that and he loved it. And he went like, right, Dad, I think I'm ready for Freddy now. I said, all right, no bother. So I thought, I'm not going to put on Nightmare on Elm Street 1. That's a bit too scary. This one's probably the most accessible for a kid. So I put it mm. on. I know, I, I should, the fucking police and the social will be at my door because I'm telling this story, right? <laughs> Fuck it, right? So I put it on, right? And the first scene, it, it starts off, it's outside in the garden and the wee girls are singing the One, two, Freddy's coming for you, right? And you're getting the dun, 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 <laughs> The music and all that, right? And I can already see that he's starting to shite himself, right? <laughs> so I'm like, right, we'll see how far we get into this, right? So the lassie goes into the into the, the house and she's walking down and she's grabbed she's got one of these wee lassies and she looks down and it's turned into a skeleton, right? And she drops a skeleton and I can see he's starting to freak out now the nerves are jumping out of the top of his head, right? So all you hear is the the nails on metal, you know that? Freddy Krueger noise that when he's rubbing his razor sharp nails on the metal and I, I look at him and he's starting to cuddle into me more and I'm like ah, right okay right ah, but this is good because this is what horror's meant to do to you right so she goes down the, the corridor and as she gets to the bottom of the corridor you just see the silhouette of Freddy's shadow going across the wall Keen goes dad turn this off that was, it. that was as far in as we got, man. In fact, I think, I think that story took me longer to tell than we actually got into the movie. But it's, it's just good to see that Freddie can still make Wayne's absolutely shite herself to this day, man. There's no denying he, He's definitely, for me, he's definitely the pinnacle of the horror movie boogeyman kind of characters there's nobody comes close to him nobody what were you saying you're a horror, you're a horror movie fan yourself Dan I would say that's my first love is horror I mean obviously I do comedy as a job but I'm just I'm obsessed with horror and the the Freddy one that we're talking about that's that's the only one I remember watching when I was a kid really um, I, I can't even I can't even really remember any of them else I've watched them all though and even the cast as well. The cast is amazing. Like Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Um, yep. But aye, amazing, scary, terrifying. Um, everybody. That was a film that I watched, and then I was scared to sleep. That's it, exactly. John Saxon. That's what it is. John Saxon plays Nancy's dad. 
Um, this, is, this is obviously when Nancy came back into it after not being in part two. They, they tried to make a sequel without the stars for the first one who were now demanding bigger bigger salaries because of how popular the movie was. Um, and But they realised that they made a fuck up and they had to get them back. So they got Nancy Heather Langenkamp back. Now, John Saxon is a brilliant character actor. And he was excellent in the both of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies that he was in. It was uh, aye, pretty, pretty, pretty good movie, man. Even even as a standalone movie, it's a good movie. But this is my favourite mm. of that whole series, without a doubt. So it's I if you were saying down, it's set in a hospital, so straight away they're locked in. So that ramps up the whole fuck we can't get away from Freddy kind of thing because they're in a hospital, they're locked in a hospital, and they're being drugged basically to put them to sleep. So that kind of mm. just ramps it up. But they introduce uh, superpowers. Because they're in their dream world, they, all the people that Freddy's trying to kill have got these superpowers. But the way that he kills the people in this movie are just, it's so creative, man. And you see the, the marionette scene on top of the hospital, Darren? Yeah. And he's, he's yeah. got his veins as a marionette to control him. Aye. And then just does that and cuts all his veins and the guy falls off the top of the building, man. It's a... It's a Tremendous, tremendous horror scene, man. So good. Probably the the major scene that I remember, actually. That's the one that jumped out at me. I think that one and the one of the Lassie, uh, the sorry, the the nurse that comes in, and it's a, it's obviously a porn star or something that's playing her. Do you know what I mean? And she gets the kit off and all that, and. He thinks that he's he's about to sleep with this absolute ten out of ten, and he's kissing her, and then he pulls his mouth away, and his tongue's stuck to her, and as he pulls away, it turns into Freddy, and it's the worst. It's the worst man, honestly. It's so bad. He's a, he's a okay. fucking bastard. <laughs> Do you like my body, Joey? That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, the next one on the list is uh, top of the tree, Arnie. <laughs> one of his best, this is Running Man. Now, Running Man is kind of the forefather, I would say, of your, your uh, like, Battle Royale kind of movies. Aye, aye. Uh, by the way, this is nothing like the book. If you've read the book, the book is, if they had to film the book, it would be in amongst the Oscars. Legitimately, it's that it's that good a, that good a story. Um, but they just went, fuck it, let's make it a mad thing. <laughs> and <the laughs> it's brilliant, though. Again, there are many movies that you can watch over and over and over again. Uh, and it's uh, uh, Running Man with Big Arnie. What's, what's your favourite bit of Running Man, Keezy? Uh, when he kills Sub-Zero. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> says, here lies Sub-Zero, now just plain Zero. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing nonsense. What about you, Darren? Have you got a favourite bit? I'd say when he calls uh, the guy the Christmas tree guy. <laughs> Dynamo. He said, he said something really cheesy after that as well, didn't he? You just laugh out loud. But, <laughs> oh. He had the split. Oh no, that was that was Buzzsaw. Oh, so it was. Uh, Dynamo. Uh, it was. Hey, light bulb. 
Christmas tree! <laughs> and he's running out of fucking... I remember he's singing, he's a mad opera singer, no what? Just for... This movie is pure entertainment. You've got the you've got the fight the stalkers who are the main bad guys, right? If you've not seen Running Man, what it is it's about a, a a guy that's been falsely accused of murdering civilians, and he gets put into this TV show, which is essentially if you get through it, you get to see, keep your life, but if if you don't get through it, you're dead basically. And um, it's there's different there's different sectors. It's like the it's like the Crystal Maze. If <laughs> You were getting in. You were getting in to fight somebody in each level. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's just, it just so many uh, quotable lines for it and stuff like that. Like you, the one you said, Keezy. But um, the the host of the TV show, uh, Killian, is oh, uh, he's a fucking scumbag, isn't he? An absolute <laughs> scumbag. But yeah, uh, what's your what about yourself, Dan? What's uh, what's your thoughts on on uh, Running Man? Uh, it's just an army classic, isn't it? If you were to pick action movies, it would probably be top ten. Uh, I just some of the scenes as well. See from like a cartoonish like film. Mm-hmm. Some of the scenes are just mental. See when he's going through the changing room and the skulls or the bolt or the burnt skulls are in the walkers and stuff. Quite oh, freaky. Yeah. Uh, quite scary. Some scary bits is is cheesy. And as funny as what it was, but that must have been a big blockbuster back in the day. That must have smashed all sorts of records. Well, I, that's what we thought though, but remember we looked it up and it, it didn't even do a hundred million. No, wow. it was, it was uh, did it not come out quite late in the year? Because I think that your quote, Keezy, was fucking hell, that's all that that movie made. It must have come out on Hogmanay. Yeah, Because as far as I'm concerned, that should have been the biggest one of the, the year. Oh, uh, without a doubt, Running Man's an absolute belter. Um, even just like the the see the theme tune and all that, it kind of goes through the whole movie, and it's in, it's it's in every scene, man. But see if that wasn't there, it wouldn't be the same film. I'd, I'd, and, and, <laughs> you have got me worried though that Netflix are actually going to do this for real. <laughs> if Netflix do do it for real at least we know that Eddie Murphy will be hosting it <laughs> the next one on the list is Superman 4 now have any seen uh, Electric Boogaloo aye aye it's amazing I can't even it, remember it I no, Electric Boogaloo no, it's, a it's, a, it's a documentary that came out a couple of years ago aye. about uh, the canon movies Right, Darren, you need to watch this, right? right? Because I don't know how Superman Four get made. I'm not joking. <laughs> I don't know how it get made, right? They ma- they filmed it in Milton Keynes. And they're like that, right? So, what what Superman? Right, we're we're fighting against the the Russians now, and there's a possibility of a nuclear war. I've got an idea. Let's make up a fucking villain for Superman. Nuclear man, you get a guy in that's never acted a day in his fucking life and you can tell that he's never acted a day in his life. Now, bear in mind, we're going from a movie franchise that started off uh, Marlon Brando in it. Right? It's moving through. It said, it said Christopher Reeve. It said Margot Kidder. It said uh, Gene Hackman. 
It's a richer right. prior. And this was where it was reduced to because of these crackpot fucking Iranian guys or whatever, whatever they're thinking. And Darren, you see this documentary, mate. You need to watch it, man. Honestly. They, they bought the rights to Superman for like 20 quid or something. I know. Do you know, what, <laughs> they, do you know what as well? They had the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm so glad that they never made a, a Freddy movie. That, that film killed off, Karen, wasn't it? Aye. Now, was this, this was the last year? Aye, that, this was the one that done it. This was the one that killed them off. And also, it, it was just, I don't, I, I, I don't know what to say about it because it was just absolute no. nonsense. This Aye. film killed superhero movies for about 25 years or something like that. Honestly, I mean? aye, wow, it, it's so so bad, and they put a lot of money into it, and but they they ran out of money, like halfway through or something, and they moved production to Milton Keynes, and it just green green screened everything. It was fucking <laughs> shit, man. And it wasn't even finished, and they just released it anyway. Ah, I know. Just it Fuck Nobody it, man. Just, just have Superman <laughs> exploding them at the end. Fuck it. <laughs> 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 but that same year they made Karen made this over the top which we were going to talk about over the top aye over the top's next on the aye. list right so they made that they made uh, Masters of the Universe and I think there was something else as well but it was just that was it killed it all because over the top they were they'd been, the Karen film had tried to get Sylvester Stallone for ages aye they phoned his agent, who was standing next to Sylvester Stallone, <clears throat> and his agent says, look, not even for $10 million will, will Sylvester Stallone make a film for you. And he's like, hold on a minute, it turns out to Sylvester Stallone, eh, what about $12 million, Sly? Aye, we're in. <laughs> and that's how, made, <laughs> that's how they made over the top. Film about body arm wrestling, and they get $12 million for it. Tell you what, money well spent, what a film over the top is. <laughs> Was it I, successful? Uh, it was. It, it was moderately successful. It wasn't. It wasn't anywhere near as successful as like his previous movies. But um, that's. <laughs> see, have you ever been in an arm an arm wrestling match where you've not tried to do that fucking mad thing that he does? <laughs> oh, the, the Did he get a special move in it? Uh, aye, uh, he, kinda, he changes the, his grip, right? And nobody can deal with it apparently. It's fucking is all that. Instant disqualification. I know it's 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 an illegal move. It's like Johnny's kick at the end of Karate Kid. <laughs> then, sorry, Daniel's kick at the end of Karate Kid. That one. We'll move on to we'll move on to Superman and over the top. Um, and the last one here that we're going to talk about is uh, uh, Sequel to an absolute classic, right? But this is by no means an absolute classic. This is Jaws the Revenge, or Jaws 40, some people. The movie (laughs) where a shark follows a family to the Caribbean (laughs) because one of the family's members killed its great grander or something like that. <laughs> that that's, that's a long and short of it. Aye, that's that. Aye. But Michael Caine was in it. Aye. No. 
know, man. He has done some fucking awful films, and if for an well, amazing actor, he's been in some absolute shaters. Take easy, tell him the story. Oh, aye. First of all, he won the he won the Oscar this year um, for best supporting actor, but he he wasn't able to collect it because he was filming this garbage. Um, but he was on the chat show, and the guy was like. Ripping the piss out of him about uh, Jaws 4. And Michael Caine says, I've never seen the film, and by all accounts, I've heard it's absolutely terrible. But I have seen the house that it bought, and it's absolutely lovely. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I see, see when you can just shut somebody down like that, man, there's nothing better. <laughs> but anyway, the shark screams. <laughs> Starts roaring like a lion. I know. Do you know what I mean? It's what the fuck? It, it comes up. I remember it. It's like Jurassic Park. It's got a bit in Jurassic Park where the T Rex appears. Right. Anyway, lads. That's that's them all now. Thanks again to Dan for coming on the show. Yeah, great guest. I think you'll agree there, Keezy. Oh, aye, brilliant, and we covered some classics there, definitely. Aye, some absolute belters. Um, so what we'll do, uh, we'll go back to the, we'll go back to Dan later in the show, and you'll be able to see how he got on against me in the actor quiz movie battle. He was uh, uh, representing Keezy. It's those fireworks. Those fireworks. <laughs> just, you, just you wait to hear this. Right, okay. Um, so Keezy, we'll talk about the the films that we never touched on. From 1987, and um, we done. So, um, what's the what's the first one that we've got on the list there? First one we've got is Beverly Hills Cop Two. Beverly Hills Cop Two, the one with Man. Ivan Drago's wife. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Is it a diamond house or something like that they're trying to do? Aye, they're, aye. They're, what they called again? The alphabet killers or some trash? <laughs> and. Uh, uh, it's the weakest yeah. plot ever. Just, just to, just to get another film out, isn't it? I will. That's the thing, man. I, I, you go. They forced the sequel out because the first movie was so popular. But Aye. they get, they get rid of everything that made the first movie so popular, didn't they? The only, the only thing that was left was actual folly. Eddie Murphy's still brilliant in this film. Um, oh, I definitely. I know. But um, the rest is awful. Judge Reinhold, sorry. He's trying his best, eh? He's still trying to keep Billy alive, his character. I know. And he doesn't get a damn about Tiger, doesn't he? Not? <laughs> <laughs> Tiger doesn't get a damn about Tiger in this one. The second greatest detective named Tiger ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Axel, there's been a murder. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been a better script for him, for whatever the hell they gave him. Imagine it turned Just, out that he, he was like Jim Taggart's long-lost cousin, and they'd done a crossover, and it was Axel Foley in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a far better storyline than what we got. Absolutely. I'm doing it. Who's playing the fucking rebel songs? <laughs> 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 a big, big tiger was staunch. 
A disappointing sequel to say the least, but as you say, like it's it. Eddie Murphy and his Axel Foley, so we're gonna we're but, gonna watch it anyway. Mate, I've mentioned it when we when we spoke about Beverly Hills Cop three. You put Beverly Hills Cop on a poster, I'm your man. <laughs> There's another one coming out next year. He's done another one with Netflix. And I'll be watching I'll, it, goddammit. Uh, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'll be sitting the morning that it's due to come out with the remote control <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> anyway, Beverly House called too. What a pile of shit. Right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got next is a classic. It's Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. The Swayze Meister. Aye, what a what, man. What a handsome devil. <laughs> but this, this role here, I don't think he thought this one through easy. <laughs> but, if you actually watch the film, I guy should be in the jail. <laughs> he's in his late 20s. I know, she's about 14. <laughs> I mean, she's called Baby. She can't even be that old. <laughs> it's still a... It's one of these films, right? I think there's very few films that I've, I've seen more than I've actually seen Dirty Dancing. By the way, that's a shout. It's a, load, it's a load of rubbish. Oh, it's a pile of trash. <laughs> it's great, but... Oh, it's brilliant. I defy, any, I defy anybody not to be... Stubbed up when comes on. Absolutely. Aye, so uh, Swayze. Everybody acts as a uh, acts as a Armando the baddies in that. Armando not the baddies in that movie. No. Not a chance. No, I mean Swayze's <laughs> went and get a bird up with fluff. <laughs> oh, I mean, doesn't give a damn about her. Actively pursues. That, that, that doctor was a saint. I know. <laughs> the old doctor, you're right, by the way, was a saint. Oh, this, film, this film's subplot is about a abortion. <laughs> what is going on? So it is, that's right. <laughs> I wonder how he get made. Right, it's called it's called Dirty Dancing. The clues in the title. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, look, the songs and all that are brilliant. Yeah, I was just going to say that the soundtrack for this movie is absolutely outstanding. Aye. You still got a Dirty Dancing medley played in the nightclubs. Know what I mean? Uh, it's what thirty? How long ago is it? Thirty? Thirty-two years ago? Thirty-three years ago? Aye. Isn't? Aye. You know what I mean? That's crazy. I mean, what, what other songs say 33 years ago are they playing in the, in the dancing these days? I don't I know. I've not been in a nightclub for about fucking two years. <laughs> I mean, I may be talking absolute shit here. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it will be. I'd be disappointed if the Dirty Dancing soundtrack isn't getting played. But, um, the other thing about this film is the, the famous line, which, I mean, you right. spoke about it before, but Nobody puts baby in the corner. Like, what does that even mean? It's nonsense. 
She's just sitting at her breakfast. Sorry that she's getting the bloody cut the, the only other available seat. Sorry that, sorry that she chose that seat. <laughs> and know what the best part is about this movie, right? The whole the whole way through the movie, um of that is like, ah, you stay away from that Johnny guy. You stay away from him, he's a wrong and that guy's staying away from him. Only takes I... one fucking dance medley to change the guy's mind. <laughs> I mean, he was spot on the whole film. Then the guy leaps off the stage, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I've got this guy all wrong." <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that, Jonas? Did you see him jump off the stage? <laughs> I gave him a blessing, Johnny. Tied up the after all the Right, dirty dancing, classic nonsense. Well, right. Let's move on. Um, next one is one of mine. We'll briefly mention it because we always mention them. It's the uh, James Bond film, The Living Daylights. Timothy Dalton's first one. Plus, it's got the best Bond song as well, in my opinion. The Living uh, Daylights? Uh-huh. Aye. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you think a kill for me is the best James Bond theme tune? Aye. Uh, well, I can't argue with that because I love that one and all, but... Aha, the living daylight's a classic, man. Ah, uh, but he's not talking about dancing into fires, is he? <laughs> oh, that's, you make it a great point. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant song as well. But uh, Timothy Dalton's a James Bond in this one. He's first out, and he's a bit more rough around the edge. He's a bit more real. Aye, um, he looks like James Bond and all, but I, I think he's Timothy Dalton when I think he's James Bond sort of. Aye. Aye, um, him, him, and, him and Roger Moore, they're, they're the two that I think of when I think of James Bond. Yeah. Everybody obviously goes for goes for uh, Connery, but you know my oh, friends in that Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is a great film, uh, it's a good one. Still got, uh, as, as more real as it tries to be, still got stupid things as well. Crazy scene is sledging down the mountain on a cello case. Mm-hmm. To get away from bad guys, so it's good. daft things like that. But on a cello case, aye, aye, they use a cello case and as a sledge and go down the mountain and cross a border. They've got their passports up as they go th- go through the border on this cello case. So it's realistic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a good one. But uh, I know your feelings on the Bond film, so we'll we'll, we'll move on. Uh, you'll enjoy the next one. This next film is Spaceballs. Yes. <laughs> one of my one of my favourite films growing up as a kid. I, actually, one of my favourites. I used to watch it all the time, man. Purely because it ripped the piss out of Star Wars, and my cousins right. forced me to watch Star Wars that much. This was <laughs> like a like an escape from Star Wars for me, even though it's technically Star Wars in it. Aye, aye. Mel Brooks is just so good, man. Honestly, I, I didn't really start appreciating his stuff until I was until I was older, like his other movies. But Spaceballs, like Pizza the Hut, and what was it? Dark Helmet. Dark Helmet, aye. Um, <laughs> Pizza the Hut, probably. But was Yo- Yoga? Was Yoda? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Chewbacca was barf. 
Aye, it was John Candy in a dog costume. Who's not going to laugh at that? I know. John Candy, do you know what I mean? One of the absolute <laughs> masters. Um, oh, you've got Bill, Bill Pullman as well. He plays uh, He plays Lone Star. Aye, that's right. Fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's stupid nonsense, but it's hilarious. Like, I know, like I know. The, the daft jokes, like the what was it? The baddies can't find the. They're looking for the goodies, and they can't find them. But what they come up with the idea of renting Spaceballs the movie on <laughs> video and then look fast up to find um, out where they are, <laughs> and then it just stops at them trying to figure out where they are. I'm <laughs> <laughs> watching ourselves doing the exact that's thing. Right, yeah. That is brilliant, man. Oh, that's genius. It's, it's just like a stupid visual gags as well. Like, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna comb the desert to try and find them, and it goes to the <laughs> desert and they're walking about with big giant combs. <laughs> <laughs> just. They don't make films like that anymore. Oh, they don't, man. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you've not seen Spaceballs and you like funny movies, go and watch it. It's, it's just it's ridiculous nonsense, but it's so, so funny, man. Along the same kind of lines as in the Naked Gun movies and aye, aye. Uh, things like that. It's just so brilliant, brilliant old-style humour. Um, right, so... The next one on the list is the Princess Bride. Uh, Princess Bride, Keezy. Oh, so I love it. Princess Aye. Bride. Well, it's brilliant, man. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> see, it was it was last year, up until last year, I said that this film starred Carrie Ools. Oh, it my was, God. <laughs> it was until uh, last year watching Pointless, and it was uh, people that have played Robin Hood. Aye. And the women said, oh, number three is uh, Carrie Ulls. And they're like, um, are we going to have to get you to spell that? Because we don't think what you're saying right. And she she spelled it out correctly. I'm, I'm sitting there going, what the hell's going on here? She's absolutely nailed it. <laughs> and, uh, Alexander Armstrong says, okay, you've spelled it correctly, but it's clearly Carrie Elwes and, and not I'll, Carrie Ulls. And I was I'll, sitting there mind blown. I've always, always called them Carrie Elwes, but it's that, that's how you spell it. You see how it's spelled? What, is, what have you been looking at, you madman? I don't know. I've, I've been calling them Carrie Elwes for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I know, embarrassing, but th- <laughs> thanks to Pointless, uh, clearly it's Carrie Elwes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, oh, it's a great film. Uh, do you, do you like this film? Aye, I do. It's funny. I don't. I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember much about it. I, I watched it a lot when I was a kid, but I've not Aye. seen it for years. But it, it just sticks out. I watched it as a kid because I was a wrestling fan and Andre Giant was in it. Uh, and I fucking, brilliant. I know he is. I, I laughed my ass off at it. I remember laughing my ass off at it. It was uh, really good. Um, but we've we'll got Eagle Montoya. Aye, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, my name is Inigo Montoya. You've got my father. It's classic stuff, but say, I thought it was a bit like a Monty Python film. Aye. Like the, the cliffs of insanity and the pits of despair and, and things like this. And I don't know how a, stupid it is, but it just, just sounds like Ibrox to me, Keezy. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, <laughs> it's narrated by Columbo, so who doesn't love that? Ah, uh, but a Peter Falk, what a guy, man. Yeah. At the end, he goes, ah, just one more thing. Now, you race next one on the list. Right, the next one on the list is a great film, uh, Wall Street. Oh, brilliant. <clears throat> brilliant film. This film has got you on the edge of your seat, right to the very last scene. Definitely. That scene in the park, man. Fucking hell. You're down your knuckles. Obviously. Bring me Charlie Sheen, great, innit? The two of them, Charlie Sheen and Michael Douglas, are both excellent in this. Um, Michael Douglas, did he get the Oscar for this? Aye. Aye, he did get the Oscar for this this year, that's right. He was uh, was outstanding in it. What a a sleazy scumbag, man. Absolute stitch-up merchant, big time. Aye. And like Charlie Sheen's his protege, isn't it? Aye. He he starts to become more successful than... And Michael Douglas, is that right? Am I remembering it right? He starts to, he's like seen as the new kid on the Definitely block. Definitely, aye. Aye. Mm-hmm. And he's a new up-and-coming superstar on Wall Street and the stock exchange. And it's just about how Michael Douglas is his mentor, but then he, like, they kinda, there's a wedge starts to come between them kind of thing. And, aye, Charlie uh, starts to get a conscience into it. And it's aye. Well, why is the thing? It's ironic. Charlie Sheen must be some fucking actor because a conscience is not something that that guy's fucking got. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point, aye. But, um, <laughs> they two are great in it, but bloody renter dumplings in it, John C. McGinley. Oh, for I'd, never, I'd never heard of this guy until Scrubs, and yet he's in everything. And he's, he's sneaking out. <laughs> the only good thing he's ever done with scrubs. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wall Street. Wall Street was good, man. Um, Definitely. Um, I don't. I've not watched Wall Street too. Um, I've yeah. seen it. Uh, it's good, aye. It's not. It's, it's not as good as the original, obviously. But Shia LaBeouf is an ass thing. Aye. Mm-hmm. Aye. And again, aye. Michael Douglas is brilliant in it. What's next then? Right. We'll move on. Uh, but. The next one is even better <laughs> than, than Wall Street, both for us. Lost Boys. Right. Oh, mate. What a film. What a film, mate. Just f- for the first notes. Aye. Right to Definitely. the end. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's, it's a genre-defining movie. There's not many of them about, but see, the vampire movie, this is the pinnacle of vampire movies for me. Easily. Oh, you're right. There's been nothing to touch it since. No No. no chance. And I don't see they're going to be in at any point soon. I mean, it's... There's no point, man. The Lost Boys has ruined vampire movies. (laughs) I mean, obviously there's been success since then, but... Twilight, obviously, but they're not real vampires. The last, the last real vampire movie was The Lost Boys. The last, the last real good vampire movie. So exactly, Lost Boys is just amazing, as you Aye. say. But as soon as that tune comes on at the start, because I, I only watched it the first time. It was about two thousand and four or something like that, and I was Aye. like, ah, it's, it's probably going to be dated. And as soon as that tune comes on, I was like, oh, I'm into this. I'm all in here. This is Aye. brilliant. 
I know what you mean, mate. Yeah. Honestly, it really is. It's just the the whole the music all the way through this movie is perfect. Not perfect. Actually, it was one of the very first ever albums I bought. Was the Lost Boys soundtrack? So it was. Do you know what I mean? I I, I was about. I, I had a cassette tape. I think I was about. <laughs> honestly, I, I think I got it when I was about eight or something. I seen the, the Lost Boys when I was a kid. I still don't. I, I still don't think it's a scary movie. Um, it's a violent movie, but it's oh, not a scary uh, movie. And no, is it one? Is it one you've showed to Keen? No, but it's one that I've thought about showing him. I think he would like it. Aye, definitely. But it's uh, obviously back then uh, this film had the the cast, the the young up and coming actors. Aye. You know what I mean? It had both the the Corys. It had um, Kiefer Sutherland, it had Aye. Michael Patrick, it had Jason Patrick. Yeah, Jason Patrick, sorry, I Jason Patrick. It, had, it was just outstanding the lineup. It had, uh, it had Young Man Winter for. Uh, oh, that's what he is. Uh, he's one of the baddies, isn't he? I from Bill and Ted. The, Aye, Alec Winter. Alec Winter. Aye, he was in Aye. it as well. Right. These were, this, this was a young up and coming superstars, and right. you could like none of them ever really, with the exception of Kiefer Sutherland. But even then, he never really fulfilled his potential in movies. He more became oh. more a TV star. Right. And, I mean, none of them really went on to anything. The, the, the two Corys obviously did, but you, you know the tragedy of their two lives. Oh, you know what I mean? And Corey Feldman's brilliant in this. All oh, the two of them are, but Corey aye. Feldman is the, vamp- the wee vampire hunter guy. And his aye. reactions and all that, they're hilarious. Aye, aye. Corey Feldman, and you know what? This and the Burbs, and even going back like Adventures and Babysitting, and films like that, he was. Goonies? Uh, Goonies? Aye, Goonies, aye. I love it, fuck the Goonies, aye. <laughs> um, he, he was tremendous. And all of these movies, he was a brilliant, brilliant actor. This movie was, I think, the whole lot of them, I think this was their pinnacle. But um, even, even Keith or Sutherland, he, he's, like, this is, you know, it's, it's happy. He's in great films, but... I, so, so is Jason Patrick as well. I mean, Jason aye. Patrick was in Sleepers. He was aye. mad, he was brilliant in Sleepers, but... You're always going to remember him as Michael for for Lost oh, Boys. Aye. And, <laughs> aye, and the old grander, the old grander is tremendous in this film. Aye, aye, aye. so just an absolute classic, mate. Um, absolutely oh. no doubt that that's going to be in my top three. No doubt about it. <laughs> um, introduce me in excess as well. Aye, well, I, I was actually. I only found this out the other day when I looked at the soundtrack. Aye. It's in excess in Jimmy Barnes. Aye. Did you not know that, Hingley? Um That Jimmy Barnes was, well, in excess with, with Jimmy Barnes for that song? I knew that they'd done the song, but I didn't know it was in this film. I didn't know it was Did in the not? soundtrack. <laughs> I couldn't remember it. That's oh, a fucking Aye. great song, man. I know. A great song. <laughs> right, the next one on the list is uh, No Way Out. There's no way out about it, Keezy. I've not seen it. So this is a uh, what a year it was for Costas. Was he? This was the big year that made him a superstar. 
with the untouchables in the, this film, uh, No Way Out. He plays a guy, it's a, he's high up in the Navy, and he, he meets a, a woman at a party and they, he starts seeing her. But uh, it turns out that she's also see, that she's also going with Gene Hackman at the same time, who's his boss. Right? She ends up getting killed, and he gets framed for it. And uh, it's about him trying to prove his innocence and uh, find out who did it. And it's a brilliant film, man. It's got twists and turns, and the two of them are incredible in it. Gene Hackman's amazing in it, and uh, so's Kevin Costner. And it was a classic at the time. It was like, well, five stars across the board, but it's kind of been lost to the ages. It's, like, it's a film that maybe people won't have heard of anymore, but it's a brilliant film. I don't think I've ever heard that. I always thought No Way Out was a, a Steven Seagal movie or something like that. Or, or, this uh, sounded like it would probably would be, <laughs> So you recommend <laughs> No Way Out then, Keezy, Oh, a brilliant film, aye. It's the two of them at the top of their game, and it's like suspense throughout the film. It's, it's a thriller, it's a classic. Excellent. Brilliant. Uh, well, I'll give that one a, uh, a watch then. So Next film is Overboard. Oh yes, Overboard, <laughs> the the greatest romantic comedy of all time. That spawned <laughs> the that spawned the greatest couple of all time, Hollywood's Aye. golden couple, the Definitely. real golden couple of Hollywood. Obviously, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, Goldie and your brother, your main man, Kurt. <laughs> Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn. Yeah, I fucking loved this me? film when I was a wee guy. Honestly, oh, this is a funny, funny film, man. Aye. It really is. The two of them are great in it. And the two of them together, it's just... The sparks are flying. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've not seen it in years, but I can remember. Uh, Could I cut the aye. tension with a knife? <laughs> uh, just, she's... I think she... Uh, overshadows him in it. She is fantastic. Aye, she plays the rich bitch, and she's brilliant at that role. Mm. Like complaining about the caviar and things like that, and he's like the he's like the joiner. Like, making he's like, Who the hell is this well, <laughs> She she skills her head and falls over into the into the water, and he jumps in and saves her, doesn't he? No, nobody will claim her because she's a bitch, and uh, like, either husband's that. Like, Nah, that's not my wife. Nope. And he's then Kurt Russell sees her and comes up with the idea of pretending <laughs> that she's his wife. <laughs> oh man, what a film! Honestly, and his, his, his kids, his kids Aye. in this film are absolutely tremendous, man. Every one of them's a wee bastard. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, you've to- it's totally all coming back to me, man. I've not seen this film for years, and it's coming back to that's me. That's great. I get him. Yeah, he's yeah. giving her all her chores and she's wanting her panning. Aye. And uh, just clicking his fingers and she's bringing him a beer and things like that. Aye, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But then he, he starts to, obviously he starts to fall in love with her. Aye, she, she starts, starts to, to fall him. And anyway, she, she starts to really become what you said there, like a mum to the kids and stuff like that. And then, no, we'll not ruin it, but watch it again. You'll enjoy right. it again. I'm going to watch it again. Why? Why, great fun? I'm going to put it on the now. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> but either two of them together, just first class. Aye. Right, well, you know, they're still together. 
all these years later, mate. So, must have been doing something right here. <laughs> Definitely. Good work. The next one is rattling off classics here. The next one is Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> it's the first film I ever <laughs> cried at. <laughs> I still cry at this thing. Mate, legitimately, it's the first film I ever <laughs> cried at. I'm not joking, right? Do you remember the bit when they take him to send him back into the, the forest and John Lithgow's going, go, 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 and he doesn't want to leave, he doesn't want to leave, and John Lithgow punches him? Ah, off. Disintegrated, mate. I disintegrated, <laughs> right? And this is, this, is one of, this is one of the stories that my mom used to tell. Uh, she thought that I was laughing because my shoulders were gone. <laughs> and she, she, walked, she walked around to see me and she says I was in floods of tears, man. And just, <laughs> tears were absolutely tripping me. And she's like, what's the matter? I was like, hey, that didn't need to punch him. She's <laughs> like proper sobbing. You know what I mean? No wonder. Aye. <laughs> I watched it last week and I was sobbing at it. <laughs> it's a great man, film. I, I don't think I don't think I could watch it again. Do you know I love the TV series? Yes. I love Aye, that them. was good as well. Aye. I they just used the same big. Uh, uh, Do you know who I thought was in the who who was playing him? I thought it was Ted played, Dance. No, it, was guy, <laughs> it was the guy that played the Predator. Was it not? Aye, that's right. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, what a year for that guy? Big foot in the was, Predators. Terrorising kids and the pedals. Is that documentary? Are you right? He was terrorising kids and also delighting them in the one year. I don't know, and making them cry Kevin. their bloody eyes out. <laughs> Kevin Peter Hall, that's what it was. Aye, Kevin Peter Hall, he's dead now, isn't he? He died when they were still, that TV show was still on. Did he? Ah, uh, you got uh, <laughs> one yeah. week. One week. Bigfoot was four foot eight. They had to get the camera <laughs> money for him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we talk about Lithgow a lot, and at first, like, why is he in this film? His, his talents are a bit wasted here, but not at all. He's brilliant in it. Obviously. The way he starts to love Harry as well, and it's classic stuff. I know, mate. I'm filling up your ring about it, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a film that should definitely be getting handed down to generations, and I don't know if it is. No, like, I've no showed key in it. Neither have. No. But it's, no. it's great fun. Great family film. It's a brilliant but film. David, David Sushi's in it. He's the baddie in it. Poirot? <laughs> I don't remember him being it. Probably because he doesn't look anything like Poirot when he's not dressed up as Poirot. By the way, you're right about that. That is a film that should be getting past now. I think you that a watch and see if it's something that Keane would watch. I might be a bit dated now, but I think the laughs hold up. I think it's still a good film. Right, so what's the next one on the list then? Well, this is the last one and it's... We go back to where we started. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yep, this is it, Masters of the Universe. But we, we we did mention it earlier that we um we were both there, right? But um and I was there with my dad, and you were there with your mum. I was there with my mum, aye. Aye. Um, 
But the, the thing that I forgot about was, did you stay to the end? Do you remember aye. staying to the very end? Aye, aye. When, so when, Skeletor, when Skeletor said, Pops out, I'll be back. Aye. So, aye. I, so I asked, because obviously I was, we were wee boys, so we wouldn't have known anything about that. And I, I remember like, watching all the names coming down and thinking, well, why are we still in here? What's going on? And then, so I asked my dad, I was like, how did you know that there was an end of credit scene where we went to see Masters of the Universe? And my dad had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> he had no clue. It's because he <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> That's the only reason I saw the end, the end credit scene. I, no I, credits. I don't know. I don't know how I ended up staying at the end. <laughs> maybe, maybe like my cousins had seen it first or something and they told my mum. Oh, maybe I. Aye. The end or something, but I I remember it clear as day, man. It was like Frank Langella sticking his head up. Well, I'll be right. back. <laughs> oh, no, you won't, oh. Frank. <laughs> that, 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 there was supposed to be a sequel um, set in Eternia, and Canon Movies, who made the film, uh, just disintegrated. The original That's one that. wrote them off. How did that film not make money? Like, I know it wasn't the best film, right? Uh, neither was Beverly Hills Cop 2 and where people were going out in their droves, right? This is I, the biggest toy in the world at the time. It wasn't, though. It was it's, it's time had passed. It's, it's oh, toy time it? had passed. Thundercats had taken over. Right. So He-Man was on a downward spiral, but they're, they're doing a new one. Uh, Mattel are going to be doing a few movies for their toy lines. Right, good. They're, they're doing a new Masters of the Universe. It's going to be set in Eternia. Um, it's going to have the characters that you would you would want in a He-Man movie. Aye, aye. Not, not like this one, like Masters of the Universe. Alright, you had He-Man in it, you had Man at Arms, and you had Teela. Yeah, you didn't aye. have Orko. Uh, the reason that they didn't oh. have Orko was because apparently it would have cost too much money for the CGI. Um, aye. Skele- Skeletor, was, Skeletor was excellent. Brilliant. But, like, Beastman was the only... The only villain, Evil In, sorry, you had Evil In, who oh, was good. Beastman was nothing like Beastman. Um, no. Then you had these new characters that were created for the movie, and they were aye. just, they were just, they, they lacked the imagination that the characters for the cartoon series had. And when I was aye. when I was a kid, Keezy, when I was a kid, I had every single He Man figure, every single one. <laughs> I had. All of them had all the vehicles, had everything right. Now you never seen any of the vehicles. You never seen the whole the whole kingdom of Eternia kind of thing. No, that's no, right. I mean, uh, you never you never seen anything. So the film was it was a, a lot of shite, to be honest with you, but <laughs> as I as I said earlier on, it's a film that I heard the wild horses. Pulling me in the other <laughs> direction, couldn't have stopped me if they going to see this movie when I was a kid. Uh, I loved He-Man with a passion. <laughs> and because I loved it so much as a kid, it's, it's still got a huge place in my heart. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's pure nostalgia for me. So when Aye, this new He-Man movie comes out, I'll be one of the first ones and you'll, you'll Aye, be I'll, there well, with me. I'll be there, aye. Um... But you were, you were talking about Skeletor there. Frank Langella is absolutely brilliant, the Skeletor. Ah, he's excellent. They allowed him to write his own lines. So he was coming out with like Shakespearean quotes and things like that. Whereas 
Dolph Lundgren could barely speak a word of English. <laughs> but it's, he, he was fantastic, though. And he said it's his favourite ever film role. Dolph? No, Skeletor, uh, Frank Langella said that an Oscar-winning actor says that his favourite ever film role was Skeletor. Aye, that's because I watched a documentary about it, right? And it was because, uh, what do you call him? Frank Angela's son was such a huge He-Man fan that, that when he made this movie, his son finally was like, whoa, my dad's cool. So <laughs> that's, that's why Frank Angela loves Masters of the Universe so much. Aye. But they ran out of money when they were making it and if they hadn't filmed the, the last fight scene. That's right. And the studio said, it's all right, just release it anyway. Nobody will care. And uh, so Frank Angela... Um, Dolph Lundgren and Gary Goddard, the director, sneak broke into the studio to f- to film what they could, some sort of fight scene, and that's mm-hmm. why some it's in the in the dark and things like that. Aye, because they couldn't they couldn't turn the lights on in the sound stage. Aye. that's right. That's, that's a true fact. Aye, that's a true that's fact. Incredible. Frank Lang- <laughs> Frank Langella, because you'll notice that like halfway through it, Skeletor's got a big gold outfit on, and then halfway Aye. through it. He's not got the gold outfit on anymore. That's because <laughs> <laughs> they, they they made a big a big scene at where he man strikes the gold the gold staff and it makes Skeletor normal uh, again. But the real story was they didn't have access to that big gold that big gold outfit anymore. Uh, yeah. So you'll notice that as soon as it turns dark, Skeletor's back in his his normal get up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, another thing about it is has there been any other film where the film's music score plays a part in the plot of the movie remember they have to play the film tune into that synthesizer that's right it's not a synthesizer key it's a cosmic key it's a Casio keyboard in the middle of that thing or something like that. It was just. <laughs> I hang your eyes by the way, hang it. Because <laughs> he well, plays it on the keyboards. I, I think I know that tune. Do, 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 do. Next minute, a tenia opens up or something. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> a fucking skeleton and all his cronies start coming through it. What have you done, you buddy? Play it backwards. Maybe that'll shut it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, as you can tell, the films are kind of garbage, but also awesome. Aye, holds a holds a huge place in my heart, as you know. Uh, me too. Um, one of my one of my favourite uh, memories as a kid going to see Masters of the Universe in the cinema. Aye, absolutely. Should we go for our top threes? Aye, let's let's do the old top threes. Right, so I've got my I've got my top three here. Um, um aye, number three for, for me is Predator. Predator. Right. Aye. Aye, number three for me is uh, Overboard. Overboard. Aye, it's a good film. Aye. I've got a list here for when we originally done this one. Remember we done a, a tester for nineteen eighty seven? I've got your original. I've got your original top three. Three when we done. I bet it's nothing like what I'm just about to say, is it? 
Right, so you said overboard at number three, didn't you? Do you want to know, <laughs> you, you, know you had the last time? I go, I uh, can't remember. No way out. Was it? Yep. Ah, it's no overboard. <laughs> right, so uh, number two, I'm going with Robocop. Oof. Anything else you want to add about that classic? Robocop you have 10 seconds sure. to comply. There are alive, you're coming with me. Um, Robocop's just a, it's just a fucking classic, mate. I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, I love it. It's just, it's a brilliant movie from start to finish. Um, so, what have you got for number two? So, I don't know what I was saying a few months back, but number two is Running Man. Right. Um, what you said a few months back was Predator for number two. <laughs> um, how can we take these lists as gospel? <laughs> yeah, listen, your favourite things change all the time. That's why whenever I'm trying to do like a list on Twitter or something like that, I always put a, a wee disclaimer after it saying, Aye, unless I've made one of my famous fuck ups, this is my, <laughs> my list. Right, which, well, my, my number one I've got here um, is the Lost Boys. Right. Um, right, so what's your number one? So my number one is a tale of love, revenge and adventure. And it's just a great family film. It's a Princess Bride. Princess Bride, that never even made your list. No. Because <laughs> I know what was number one. What was it? I remember. Running Man. Aye, it was Running Man. That's right. <laughs> Dropped to number two because I, I watched them um, Princess Bride again the other week and it's brilliant. And that's a film that should be carried through generations as well. Aye, no doubt about it, mate. No doubt about it. So that wraps up the the top threes for 1987. Um, right. we're, what we're going to do now is we're going to take you back to the <laughs> movie battle <laughs> and and let you let you know how I got on against basically. A movie encyclopedia and Mr. Darren Connor. <laughs> so uh, let's go. Let's let's go, Keezy. Get it going. Yeah, here it is. Darren, it's time for you to face the actor queen's movie battle. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. That's a good one, actually. It's Meryl Streep. Oh. The first female that we've done. Oh, is it? Actress quiz movie battle. <laughs> right, here we go. Right, so Keys you'll toss a coin. Um right. and you can call it, Darren. So you want heads or tails? Tails. This is gonna be fucking disastrous for me, man. I'm no good at this one. Tails. Oh come on, Darren. What are you doing to me? I know, I know she's a hardcore. <laughs> it's tails. Right, you get to go first if you want. Right. So Keezy will be the adjudicator, right? Um, and we'll each take in turns to name a Meryl Streep movie. The first person that cannot name a Meryl Streep movie loses. <laughs> Look at your face, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've had a brick wall already, man. Right. Right, Keezy, give us a, give us a start. Actress quiz movie battle starring Meryl Streep. Go for it. Damn. Aye. Aye, aye. 
Meryl Streep, this is a fucking disaster, man. Uh, I know she's like one of the best actresses ever, but she is in... Uh, is she in... <laughs> as good as it gets? As good as it gets? No! <laughs> so I need to name one Meryl Streep movie to win. AI? <laughs> oh my god. I will say Mamma Mia. And you oh. would be correct. Right, so wait a minute here, Chris. Right? I was beating you twelve eight in the last episode you bring in Barry Norman <laughs> <laughs> to play for you. And then this um <laughs> Bloody Meryl Streep. Listen, I know. This, this guy's never out of the fucking cinema. How am I meant to know that he's going to, he's going to not be able to name one film <laughs> by the most famous actress that's ever fucking tread the boats? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No wonder, no wonder, man. The, five, the fucking podcast has been on for about seven hours, man. I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> I'm fucking starving and I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> I deliberately lost it. By the way, what I will say is, see if you had said Mamma Mia, I only had one other film up my sleeve and it was Mamma Mia too. <laughs> God, that is one of the ones that's two had two is five, isn't it? Just oh like, man, disaster. Yeah, I know she's like one of the best actresses of all time. Damn, thanks very much for coming on, mate. I'll let you go and get sunny. <laughs> I, I apologise for the quiz at the end there, but fuck it, it's a good laugh, isn't it? It's alright, don't worry about that. But listen, again, thanks again for coming on, thanks for getting up an right, extra 20 minutes of your time. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think we should have paid you for this one. I know. <laughs> I am off. <laughs> fucking put in a, a shift there. See, <laughs> when we started this, it was actually daylight outside. Not I know, I know, mate, I feel bad, man, honestly. I'm Thanks very much, Dan. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Take mate. Tips. Bye-bye. All the best, Bye-bye. mate. Cheers. So what did you make it at then, eh? <laughs> you can't even name one film. What an absolute Torag here, boy, eh? In my, in my rant, eh, I was so angry that I said that the score was 12-8 at one point. Aye. But it was only 8-4, but I was so <laughs> angry that I got that wrong. Got 8-4 up, and it's now 8-6. Eight six. I'm only two behind you. I'm gonna. I'm getting Steven Spielberg in for next week's episode. <laughs> I bet you will. And guess what? Actor <laughs> quiz movie battle is going to be Steven Spielberg movies. <laughs> and you, and you could probably still beat me. Be honest with you, Keezy. I'd give him a I'd give him a game anyway. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> uh, no, Darren was. He was good fun. We kept him, I think it was about two hours recording in total. Sure. <laughs> I didn't want like, Darren's time on the show to end with a humiliating defeat. So he gave us a a film fact and we'll, we'll end with that. All right, I know what you're talking about. Okay, though, uh, roll the footage. Here's a random Kurt Russell fact. Oh, here we go. See, when Walt Disney was lying in his deathbed Aye. and he, he couldn't speak, Mm. He wrote the name down. He wrote Kurt, Kurt Russell's name down on a bit of paper, and he died because Kurt Russell 
Kurt Russell was a child actor and he was getting Aye. acting gigs for Disney. So there you go. There I wonder, I wonder, maybe, maybe Kurt Russell killed him and he was just writing his name down. <laughs> <laughs> From the police or something. <laughs> he killed me. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? Ah, it's pretty weird. Imagine that, but imagine, like, somebody coming to you like that, listen, uh, Walt's dead. Oh, Jesus Christ. It, uh, what was his last words? Well... <laughs> yeah, mate. Hello. And it's just your name. Uh, See when I die. See when I'm on my deathbed, I'm just gonna write down Whoopi Goldberg for a laugh. <laughs> just I love it. <laughs> right, and that's us. Well, that's us. Came at the end of 1987 trips. Um, hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, give some feedback uh, via Twitter or Facebook. So, what's that? We are out of time. Thanks very much for listening, Trips.